Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. And here we are, back again. JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. Those are the websites. Patrick Brady's going to fix the audio. Mike Rickberg and Sarah Cohen just sang the intro. They'll, Michael sing again at the end. So those are the songs. And those are all available, by the way, as ringtones and there's wallpaper and all kinds of nonsense. On JackieCation.com you, and DorkForest.com, there's a donation button. Knock yourselves out. Feel free to donate. Uh, on a, on a, a regular basis, or just uh, give me a hundred bucks a year. What the heck? Or don't uh, do something. But that's the pitch for the dork for the donation button. And then there's merch on jackiecation.com where you can get a Dork Forest T-shirt, or you can get a Ranger of the Dork Forest T-shirt, or you can get either of my CDs and a trinket sent to you. Uh, and everything's updated. It's all very exciting. I'm doing stand-up comedy in Texas a bunch this spring and summer. I don't know why. And then I'm back in Ann Arbor and I'm doing a bunch of different places. So look at uh, JackieCation.com for my um, schedule. AllThingsComedy.com is the umbrella thing that I'm also involved in. That's Al Madrigal and Bill Burr's thing. And David Huntsberger is breathing. So I'm going to say, <laughs> let me introduce your guest. I told him it would last a long time. And fuck it. You can hear that? I could hear that, but I don't I, have a headphone. I'm I know sorry. I'm the only one who's got headphones. So, um, I'll tell you this. Welcome to the program, David Huntsberger. Welcome Thank back you. to the program. You were one of the 20 great comics, uh, that I interviewed for the comedy, for the Acme yes. anniversary show. This is much more, um, calm and relaxing here in this particular. Right. Than that Marriott town suite. Yeah. Over in Minneapolis. We are in the dork forest right now. Tweet, 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 tweet. Dork, 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 dork. Wonderful in here. I'm it's sorry nice. I had the microphone too close to my nose. <laughs> no, no. It's a, it's an excellent sign because there are definitely rangers of the dork forest right, uh, were with you at that point going, yeah, yeah, we get it. No, I wasn't. We could even, buy some crap. I was, I, I felt like it was getting time for me to start talking. So I thought, you know what? I better breathe a little, get myself get ready. prepared to speak. Did you, you go diaphragm? Yeah, I just did try to take a deep breath because I notice, you know, when you're at a comedy club and and maybe someone moves awkwardly or so, oh, right. and the comedian goes, "Hey, da da da," and then that person goes to speak and they go, Ugh, and they don't realize that they haven't been prepared. <laughs> so I always have to. I'm one of those people. I would I have to right. prepare myself to talk. Do you know that the episode that we did? I just remembered it. It's the one with Chad Daniels. Yeah, where you guys talked about what you like to read, mm-hmm. and Chad and I were like. What are you reading? And you kept coming up with like smarter and smarter books, really smart books. <laughs> and then we were like, well, we read, there's letters. And, uh, but what I like is the one on one, you know, like a lot of times I'll do a dork panel mm-hmm. or I'll do a two person kind of dork forest. And then I'm like, let's wait off. Let's just do this. Right. And, uh, you said the 4-H club. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. some things about the 4-H club. What are the H's? First of all, let's do that. Head, heart, hands, and health. Really? As far as I recall, yeah. None of no. them are horse and hay and... No, 4-H is, uh, is part of a deeper... Oh, similar okay. to the way... I, I feel like growing up there was Boy Scouts and or 4-H. A lot of people did both, but they're both meant to... Okay. Sort of garner a, a a level of competence and confidence in a child and teach them. Oh, some civic, know. a little civic moment. Yeah, yeah. Like a Kiwanis club for children. <laughs> yeah, you wear the little fez hat, race around a car. <laughs> sure, I think that's um. That's the Shriners, a different group. But, yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, you but, get the idea that it's it's yeah, very yeah. much that it's the Eagles Club. Everyone, there's some <laughs> poker on Thursdays yeah. at the 4-H Club. I think I was a, a junior achie- junior achievement. Is that what? The, oh, I remember that. That was just a that was just a sales front. That, that was, seemed like a like a small version of Mary Kay. Yeah, yeah, it's a little Amway-ish. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what the baby version of Mensa would be, uh-huh. but uh, one of my favorite stories about my stepmother is that uh, I told her I wanted to join Mensa when I was 15, and she said, she just wrote it off as she's doing dishes. <laughs> she's like, it's just an excuse for wife swapping. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what the hell that means, but I like it. I went to GT 
What's GT? Through, that was gifted and talented. Oh, okay. I think my mom had uh, Forrest Gump style pulled some strings. I don't mean she slept <laughs> with anybody, but I think no. she had. You would cast she'd made versions. a sour face, and I got in. But then every time <laughs> we'd have to leave, so they make an announcement over the intercom, like oh, the bus for GT is here, and then all the other kids that had to see us stand up and gather our things and leave to an entirely different campus would just lay into us, right, nerds, nerds, nerds. and then they called it geeky turds which was that was gt sure to them. sure so we'd get ready to go to geeky turds and then they would uh well i remember one time hiding from the bus i just thought like i don't want to be in gt I can't. anymore I don't it's too much any, it's to the, the the pressure but i never felt that in 4-h which was way nerdier but it was so far removed i had like a satin jacket with patches sewn on it wow because that you, is boy scouty it was very yeah it was and i i don't even know if that was common i think that was just like if you got really into 4-h you could elect <laughs> to have the jacket and then we'd go to these 4-h like meets you know yeah. where you go and compete and the different clubs would have what well, would you compete on you you can join 4-h in a myriad of different ways like some people show lambs that's kind of the most common one where you okay. like, you you raise a lamb and you teach it how to jump over stuff to, so it'll like exercise. You don't teach yeah. tricks. Lambs are really dumb. Right. My cousin was in <laughs> lamb 4-H and horse 4-H. Okay. Which that's, I don't know how he survived high school doing that's that. That's a but. lot of commitment, a lot of time. <laughs> it sounds like you're farming and then also trying to go to school. <laughs> yeah, pretty it's much. Mi- it's migrant work and then also <laughs> right, yeah. trying to learn algebra. So... <laughs> So it was a, it was a very extracurricular kind of thing, like meeting on the weekends and going at like, so knowing the horse means that you have to, there are a lot of stages to these competitions. You, yeah. some of them are like riding events. You'd show up and you could enter oh, the trail that's riding what you'd competition. Want to do. Wouldn't you want to do the riding part? And that's what I liked the most. The, the rest of it would be like they'd lay out a bunch of tack or like feed that you okay. feed the horse and you had to go through and you just have this blank thing with all, like a piece of paper with, you know, it would say 24 and then there'd be a blank and you'd have to write, oh, that's alfalfa hay. And then 25 might be. Oh, the things that are, wait, everything was numbered? Yeah, it would just be like on a table, all of these different types of feed and next to them would oh, be a number. Oh, it was like a test. Yeah. To, do you know what a bridle looks like? And yeah. Do you know what a, okay. And then there are parts to the bridle. So that would be laid out. Okay. So at the end, you'd turn in this thing that might have like 50 different components of tack and uh and tack is the term for just the gear right, right. saddles and so essentially you were doing like an inventory an inventory chore list to some extent making so, yeah, sure all the definitely. items were there and having to get them all correct and my favorite when was 4H invented can I ask <laughs> I have no idea okay early on i know that my like my dad and my aunt and uncle were in it showing sheep which that to me seemed very heartless you show this sheep that becomes your friend okay. and you bathe it and you make sure it's clean when you go to show it sure and then someone buys it per pound and then they <laughs> eat it right uh we had uh andy's nephew my my young nephew as well uh young tj pennington uh, did that with a pig. Mm-hmm. He, he raised this pig. He washed it he, every day after school. I think it was 4-H. Have you ever seen him show a pig? He showed that damn pig. With we the didn't. cane? Do you use the cane? I don't know. Mostly when you're showing hogs, you have a cane that they carry around and like you just hit the pig with it. Okay, like you pigs just sort of tap at it? Or? Yeah, like if it wants a veer right, you just hit it <laughs> up, right up near its head, like in the shoulder and sometimes in the cheek. Right. Just with this cane. Like, hey, you just bash it with this cane. Wow, if you did that to me, I too would move. And people just watch this. Adults are just watching a kid walk around bashing a pig with a cane. Like, eh, that kid's pretty good. He's going to be good. That, that kid knows what he does with that cane. That's going to be amazing. And, yeah, and then somebody bought it. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, was given $1,700 and uh, got himself a new computer. Wow. That's so, a lot. That's a big pig. And he was he was just part of the pig ownership. It was just him and a couple other kids were all hogs. Well, they had one hog. The, the, the cattle industry, like, still, if you're going to be involved in, like, the genetics process and, yeah. and so we're showing, like, a breeding bull or a line of, you have to go show that animal. So people will have, like, show bulls and show heifers that they have to like bob their tail really oddly 
What, the uh, animal does it or the person the, who makes it? <laughs> the animal licks its tail. It's like, all right, I'm ready. <laughs> what do you think of this tail? And no, because these are not the brightest animals. These no. animals that we eat. If you're they around have not them. not bred for smarts. <laughs> yeah, a lot of farm kids go one of two ways, which is like, I hate animals. I'll eat them all the time. And or like, ah, you know, they, they're pretty helpless and dumb. I don't want to eat them. But I feel more often than not, if you're around how dumb they are, mm-hmm. you really don't have compassion like they should get to run and frolic and live forever. <laughs> really, the 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 lamb liberation army is not is is. Oh, I hate lambs. Not incur- really I hate them. I loved them when, before I had to help my cousin for a summer take care of them, and we would set up stuff where like, okay, lamb, your water's over here, and we've put the food there, and right. uh, then there are these poles that are about eight inches off the ground that you just gently have to kind of jump over, and that'll keep you limber throughout the day. And they would just stare. They would just and dehydrate themselves. And you'd have to shove them over to their water, or you'd open. You'd there was Get an area. The- we'd like open the gate and like you can go out in the whole pasture now. Like or it was a backyard with grass, but like you right. go out here. They would just stare at the open gate. Like, go ahead, go. They they're just the reason lambs are able to be kept by just like one dog and some guy <laughs> drinking wine off on the hill. <laughs> it's it's yes. just they're so dumb. They will not venture outside of the herd. Right, right. That's why wolves are the only thing you got to worry about is one smart wolf pack <laughs> who's like, oh, there's those idiot lambs again. Yeah, there's standing food. So were you raised on a farm? Is that why you got into 4-H? I much like uh it was it was one step I wanted to further say Odysseus from- or somebody much like Odysseus. <laughs> I had a journey. <laughs> when one is <laughs> Remember Theseus battling the Minotaur? Well, much like what? Much like who? Like this neighborhood where uh, we currently are. It was probably two clicks further, maybe. Okay. Kind of similar to Napoleon Dynamite where there's a lot of empty space around, but then there'd be these blocks of four or five houses on a block. Okay. That's kind of where There used to be a chicken farm across the street from us. That's kind of. But not in any era that we lived here. This was, we're talking in 1970. So. Yeah, maybe, so my, 40 years ago or 30 years ago or whatever. It's probably, it was a, it was an upstart housing community that just okay. no one had really moved into yet. So right. it wasn't so there farmland. Was still, there was still land being used yeah. for farming in your neighborhood. Yeah, there was, there was a, like probably five acres between our house and the neighbors that no one had just, no one had bought it yet. And okay. so we would, my cousin and I would, We'd stra- like tie a sleeping bag onto a horse and then lead it out into the brush and then just set up camp out there like cowboys. <laughs> I remember well, what- just go play cowboys, but yeah. you're talking like uh, 200 yards from your house. Beasley, yeah, yeah, okay, just very close. I remember a car stopping one time, and being like, "Are you guys okay?" And they just really <laughs> ruined it. Like, "Hey, we're out here, we're being cowboys." <laughs> I like it. And this is outside of Reno, right? Yeah, yeah this is uh, Lemon Valley, which is like 15 miles north of Reno. I, maybe it's not that far, but it seemed to me like it was. Right. It was and it was, it was not called its own city. So I've always associated with like, oh, I'm from Reno. It's a city. I never went in the city. I was always out in this little suburb where we had a general store and one school and just one made road. I remember like when I was a kid and we first lived in that house, we would refer to the main stretch as the paved road. Right. Which sounds so hillbilly. So really pretty rural. Yeah. Was, Did you guys have a horse? We, my mom okay. and dad had met in college. My dad was, and it was doing cowboy stuff. So he was constantly like acquiring horses and oh, your dad training is a them. Cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then my uncle, they, they were both kind of in the, the cattle game or aspiring to be. And my, sure. and, uh, my mom had been like a barrel racing person. She, she did had, they meet at the rodeo? Where the hell did they meet? <laughs> kind of, yeah. I think I think that was it. They were both involved in like the New Mexico State rodeo team to some degree. You're the coolest childhood ever. It was pretty. I was thinking about that the other day, and that my mom being very much like, "Ah, eh, you'll be fine." I would just saddle up my horse after school and head out as like a twelve year old. <laughs> And just be gone. I just had to be home before it was dark. Right. And I did that a lot. I didn't do that every day. I, I also like to, you know, play sports and play with my friends. But right. on certain days, I would just be like, I'm just going to head out. And I would just take off. I knew certain roads. And, like, I think the the thing you run into if you trust kids enough is, like, they're pretty scared in general. They're not going right. to ride that far. Right, because they don't want to get lost. Yeah. So I was yeah. pretty cognizant of that. Like, okay, I, I can always want to keep my eye on, like, where... 
houses are. I used to follow the bus because I knew how to get to this. I knew how to get to my stepmom's work in the next town over via the bus, but mm-hmm. I didn't have enough money for the bus. Mm-hmm. So I would follow the bus and I would walk as far as I could remember the bus route. Mm-hmm. And then I'd wait for the bus to show and I'd see the next leg of the journey. <laughs> uh, I spent a lot of time alone as a child, uh, but I was about I was about 11 or 12. Don't you think that's formative, though? I really think having time to yourself as a kid really gives you an idea of how to think, how to feel like you're at least kind of yourself. Yeah, it gives you, yeah, it definitely gives you that. And it gives you a chance to be alone with your own thoughts. Yeah. I felt bad. Uh, Andy rousted uh, these two kids that were behind our neighbor's garage. Mm -hmm. They were about 12. They weren't smoking or drinking or doing any. They weren't back there circle jerk. I mean, they weren't doing anything. (laughs) Circle jerking. (laughs) I don't know. They were just two boys. But I mean, they were just. (laughs) Are you kids back here circle jerking? (laughs) Get out of my park. Don't do anything weird back there. But they weren't doing anything weird except for hiding from being 12. Yeah. That's all they were doing. They were just, they had stolen a couple of like chairs and they were sitting behind this thing and just sitting there. But it was also her house got burgled. And so it's, it was a good place to jump over her fence and get in there if you wanted to get in there. So Andy was like, I got to rouse those kids. And I was like, man, there's nowhere to hide when you're 12 anymore. Yeah. And I mean, you could at least go out into the brush with your horse. I would dig. What kind of horse did you have? I, we were mostly quarter horses. Those are kind of the, the utilitarian ranch horse, you know, so we, I, we'd rope and take care of the cows and stuff on them. And it wasn't like a big estate. We were the type of people that had horses and could barely afford them. Okay. So it was really like piecing together, which is kind of fun, like using a lot of bailing wire to fix stuff. And okay. how my dad was always cutting deals with people on how to find feed to keep them alive and all that sort of thing. It certainly wasn't like... Because they needed more than just grass. Do horses not just eat grass? I mean, hay has just gotten so expensive, but even, you know, 15 years ago or so, it was still pretty, pretty pricey. You know, like a ton of hay now is for the most part, probably over $200. Whereas then like it was just approaching a hundred dollars. And how much hay does a horse eat? Well, how many horses? And you had five horses? We would, no, we would, my dad, like my parents were divorced. So my mom, at my mom's place, we'd have like her old barrel racing horse that was really, really old. Like he was just kind of hanging out and biding his time. Right. And then he did what some senior citizens do, which is get incredibly mean as he got older. So, <laughs> so like he almost, if some of our friends came over and tried to climb in the pen, we'd be like, no, cause he'd come charging over and like try to bite and like stuff. Like a rhino. Yeah. He was furious. Just like, I'm too old to be in here. <laughs> and so he didn't need a ton. And when horses get older, their teeth are terrible. So like he was wasting away. <clears throat> and then, um, Jesus. <laughs> so my mom had him and this other horse, Named Polly, who was kind of a pony. She was like a roan, red roan. So it almost looked like a pink pony, which was okay. just a kid's wow. dream. Yeah. Um, and then I had a horse. So generally it'd be like three, maybe something okay. like that. Every now and again we'd have four. And, uh, and did you have for- a stable? No, we built a barn, which was just kind of like a lean to okay. keep, keep the sun off of them. I think it had three sides. And then, uh, and then, yeah, we just had some panels set up to kind of keep them in there and then a water trough, okay. which we'd put like goldfish in to keep them, uh, and they'd get pretty big. They'd. Oh, like koi pond more than. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, they grow probably the biggest one at some point got to be about six inches or something okay. like that. And then they would keep it relatively clean. And then once a year we'd get in there and like scrub out the water trough and that'd be a, a big day. Right. That sort of thing. That's a, that's a pain in the ass. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> is there a way that I can get out of this? Nope. Yeah. Nope. Get in there and scrub that trough. Get in there. That's why I had kids. Move it. <laughs> and, uh, so, so yeah, so you just, you had your own horse when you were a kid. Well, and then my dad lived on a ranch. He'd like rent a house on a ranch. And so okay. that's where I, like when we went there, that was where we'd ride out through cows. And then, and then my uncle was still running cattle at that time. I think my dad still had a few at that point. So we'd go and we'd usually have to like take the trailer and put the horses in that and go to where cows were. So right. it wasn't like a, a ranch where you're like, head out there and look right. after the cattle, right. which was always my goal. Like, I just thought that would be the greatest. Well, so let's go find the cattle yeah. on the horse. Right. Not realizing the horse <laughs> would then be really tired, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I've put in some long days. Horses are pretty... Yeah? Pretty... Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, like, for endurance rides, they'll ride Arabians because they can just go forever. But quarter horses, for the most part, like, you can log... I mean, I've ridden, like, 40, 50 miles in a day on a horse like wow. a pretty good clip 
Wow. And they're tired, but I mean, that, you can go a long So were way. you. <laughs> I was exhausted. I remember one day, one day we did that. We wrote, we had to ride 20 miles to pick up some cows and ride back. And we trotted the whole way there. Wow. And like the day before I'd been kicked in the knee by a mule. Oof. That was the toughest I think I ever felt in my life. <laughs> like, like knee all swollen up and just trotting along. Like, this Seriously, is terrible. Seriously, how cool are you, David Hunsberger? <laughs> I just look at you and go, he knows how to, cause here's my experience with, you know, Andy, Andy's dad is a, he was a, a he just passed away about a year ago uh-huh. and, um, he trained bird dogs mm-hmm. for field trials on horseback mm-hmm. and, one of the funniest guys in mm-hmm. the world, originally from Mississippi, as is Andy's mom. They were divorced when he was about 12. Nice. And his dad, um, like at, at the wedding, his dad, nickname in high school was Speedy mm-hmm. because he was a slow talker. For Mississippians, he was a slow talker. <laughs> so at my wedding, my brother Phil and his, uh, is sitting next to him. And Phil comes up to me at the course of the wedding and he comes, you know, Clyde's funny. That guy's funny. You gotta wait for it. <laughs> but he's funny. <laughs> and I was like, and that really sums him up because he was super, he was quiet. Uh-huh. But then he'd say something that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> so he had this beautiful horse. I, I don't know what it was. I think it was a quarter horse because uh-huh. my experience with horses, the first time I met him and he was like, I bet you Jackie would love to rub, ride Vaden. And, um, that was a horse's name. Yeah. Cool name. Yeah. Vaden. And, uh, so. Vaden, uh, he saddles up Vaden and then he hands me the reins. He's like, so you got a lot of, a lot of experience riding horses? And I was like, no, 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 no hacks, rental hacks at the <laughs> LA equestrian center where they plod, 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 and then they gallop home because the, that's home. Yeah. And, uh, 20 bucks. And he was like, uh, it'll probably be fine. And <laughs> so I get on the horse and we set off and Andy's sitting in the front yard, uh, with Cindy, his wife, with Clyde, Clyde and Cindy or the, the Clyde is his dad and Cindy's her, his, his wife, right? And Clyde's the funny one that you got to yeah. wait for. Okay. Yeah. So, and then, and then Andy's my husband. So mm-hmm. the three of them are sitting in the front yard and Andy goes, we could totally hear you coming back because Vaden wanted to come back, right? Uh-huh. So by then we're galloping. But I had, had a blast with the horse. Yeah. So we're galloping back down this gravel Do you know road. the term for that? Mm-mm. Barn sour. <laughs> Barn sour. Yeah. That's the term for... So sometimes like, I'll say that if I'm out on the road and just want to go home. Like, ah, I'm getting barn sour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're... Oh, well, when you're doing stand-up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you got... Yeah, like horses... You could. There's all these old adages about horses, but like in general, a horse that's more excited to leave than come home is when you want to keep... Keep oh, around. right. Because yeah, yeah. mostly they just get lazy and like that you just spur on them the whole way out. Mm-hmm. And then you turn around and come home and you find out like, oh, you had energy this whole time. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so they're sitting on the and, I, and I'm galloping back. And Andy says his dad just looked at him and said, you think she's still on that horse? <laughs> <laughs> and I told Andy's mom that story. And she just kind of paused because she's a little bit of a slow talker herself from Mississippi. And she goes. Now, did Clyde sound concerned or just interested? <laughs> and he was like, oh, just interested. <laughs> I picture him just sort of smoking a pipe and saying that off that's, in the distance. That's totally cigar. Oh, <laughs> nice. Totally. That's, that's him and in 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 Cindy in that hat. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Wow, my parents have an oddly similar picture. That's strange. The yeah. same kind of hat and everything. Oh, yeah. I think it's, um, yeah, it's sort of a. Very Western. It's a Western moment. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a rural moment. The, uh, I like, but I, I do, I love horses. And it's, um, Andy said that when he was a kid, uh, he, he didn't, he didn't particularly like horses or dislike horses, but his dad always had a horse and it was his job. One of his chores, uh, when he was about 12, 13, 14 was after school for an hour, he had to ride the horse and his dad, and his dad said, everything that horse wants to do, you don't let him do it. Make him do everything, <laughs> something he doesn't want to do. And, uh, and Andy said it was the only time he got to boss anybody around. And so that was the good, that was why it was fun. Because <laughs> he was 13 year old boy, you know? Yeah. He's like, finally. Be. That's why, yeah, like all those, tur- like grab the reins. I mean, that it's, that's where that comes from, you know? Like right? if, if a horse is, gets its head or puts its head down or like a lot of times they're just crow hopping, which means they're just gently kind of bucking. Okay. But they'll have their head real low. It's like their, their own little rebellion, like getting their head away from you. Mm -hmm. So like when you, 
pull the, you just pull one rein. The common mm-hmm. instinct is just pull both, just rein them back up into you. But really, you just want to pull one and get their head around because then you have them. Right. So like that, the, the, I don't know, whatever that, that concept of like you're in charge there is a, is an, is a good thing. I believe feeling. the technical term is bossy magoo. <laughs> <laughs> when you become bossy magoo, you'll feel like a real hero. Exactly. Uh, people should know, by the way, David Huntsberger does stand up comedy. Oh yes, I am a stand up comedian. Stand up comedian in addition to, uh, to enjoying, uh, the 4-H and, mm-hmm. um, but davidhuntsberger.com. Is right. it at David Huntsberger for it's Twitter? At Huntsberger Junk. Huntsberger Junk. Not Huntsberger's Junk. It's, <laughs> it's my my genitals are not tweeting. It's just junk that I think of. You know, God don't make no junk. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Huntsberger. That's German, right? Swiss. Swiss. It's, uh, yeah, it's from my my grandpa has our whole like family history and lineage and all that. And we're was from, he a cowboy? No, not at all. I think it was strange. He's from L.A. It was strange to him when his sons were like, we're going off to be cowboys. And then they did. Like, <laughs> and like one time a horse flipped over on my dad and he was, I think, bleeding internally and even externally. Like he had the horn like pierced into his lower abdomen. And so they threw Horses him in the back of the truck. What kind of horn? Or the horn of the saddle. Oh, there know? we go. I was like, what kind of, was he riding a unicorn? He was in fact on a unicorn. <laughs> That's why they wanted to be cowboys. <laughs> they knew where the unicorns were. Yeah. They're magical people, these Huntsburgers. <laughs> Your family does sound magical. So, but he was bleeding because of the, the saddle horn? Yeah. And then. And then the phone rang, so I'll, uh, turn that off. Okay. Keep talking. Sure. And then the, uh, the other cowboy guys, my uncle included, they threw him in the back of a pickup truck and were driving him into the hospital. And then they were like, Hey, we're going to stop and get some food. You want anything? <laughs> and my dad's it? back there just bleeding. Like, and I think they only did that just to be cowboys, you know, just, right, like, just to keep it tough, keeping it tough. And so that must have been so bizarre to my grandpa, who's just the most mild mannered, mellow guy. He, he uses sunscreen, those sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> he invented the dictionary. He's a, he's, he's actually, I forget that movie, the one where I think it's, um, Gregory Peck plays a nerd that, that's working on the dic- dictionary. And then he falls in love with a, a mall. He falls in love with a showgirl who's in trouble with the mob. And then all the nerds get together and hide her. It's, uh, it's Revenge of the Nerds 1939 style. Oh, I like it. And, uh, it's a pretty great movie. I gotta find it. And I'm probably wrong. It probably isn't. It might be Henry Fonda, but it's either Gregory Peck or Henry Fonda. It's a great movie in the world of dumb mm-hmm. old comedies. And, um, well, that's, I mean, that's so cool. That what did your grandfather do for a living? Now that I'm digressing, he sold tractors. Okay. Oh, so Hunsberger is is Bern, Switzerland. So first it was Huns, which means people. Okay. And Huns Bern, like people of Bern. Okay. And then it just morphed into Hunsberger. Okay. So no one really knows how, but so yeah, it's Swiss. Uh, unless there's been an elaborate uh, German cover up, maybe we were sure terrible people. No, you never know. You never know. Yeah, I don't think so though. I've did traced you come through it back Argentina. <laughs> did you yeah. did you somehow like the Pope? <laughs> did yeah, you the, see that? We gave the accordions to Latin America. The Huntsburgers <laughs> did. You're welcome for that. Oh, thank you. It's uh, the, a friend of mine from high school just sent me a friend of his, some guy, mm-hmm. and he tells me this guy has invented a new concertina. He's invented a new accordion, essentially. Okay. And I was like, well, that sounds... Good thing to be working on. Right. I mean, he's an electrical engineer or mm-hmm. a mechanical engineer or some damn thing. And so I get, and he want, and he's like, he wants a lot of hits on his videos on YouTube. And I told <laughs> him, you have a lot of hits. <laughs> and I was like, how many does he want? And he's like, he wants a million. And I was like, well, we all want to... How many? And so I go and I look at it. And first of all, he's an amazing concertina player in mm-hmm. the world of accordions and concertinas. He's a great player. But I got the most, the driest, most stilted email from this guy saying, because I said, well, you, he liked my website. And I said, well, Vilmos could make your website if you have a couple of grand and, uh, and he'll hook you up. And he, and I said, if you don't have a couple of grand, you could, do a Facebook page or a Tumblr blog or something like that. And he was mm-hmm. like, 
oh, I don't have a couple thousand dollars for a, and I, you know, I don't like the idea of Facebook because it, and this is the longest email and he just sounds like he's easily 67 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm going to link the video because first of all, he's a, it's a great video uh, of a guy playing a concertina. <laughs> and second of all, he looks like a fireman. He's incredibly handsome and very sort of big guy, like very fit. And you're like, why do you look like you, why do you sound like you're a million and that you should be buried like Pleasantville? Like it's like some sort of, what was that Brandon Frazier, Brandon Frazier, um, thing where, uh, not Pleasant, uh, where, where he, he was living in the, in the monkey bone. <laughs> You're so off for age right now. I can't even tell you. But he was. It was the movie where he was in the bomb shelter, and then he comes up. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, blast from the past. Yes, that's that's what this guy looks like. He sounds like he's blast from the past, and then and he never speaks in the videos like that sort of sing song. He doesn't sing. He only plays. He doesn't say a word. And the video is just him just playing. And and he wants a million hits of that. And first of all, that's reasonable. 4,500 hits. Do you know what that is? That's pretty good. 4,300 more than I thought he would ever have. <laughs> so what the hell, right? Yeah. So I can't uh, I can't fix his career, it turns out, his concertina career. That's disappointing. It is disappointing that I don't have that kind of power. <laughs> I want you fixing accordion careers immediately. <laughs> but you said something about an accordion like four minutes ago. And all I could think about that guy, that guy, Richard Rice, I think his name is. But well, anyway, we're doing our part. We're getting him out there. That's true. There are now Rangers of the Dork Forest. If you enjoy an accordion, I would like to have him on to talk about the building of the accordion. And being so old timey. And being super old timey. Like he looks like there's a sarsaparilla in his <laughs> pa- immediate past or future. Uh Okay. Back to the animals. <laughs> <laughs> take I it think back. That's David what Hutzberger. people want to hear. Is now, me ta- yeah, doing you gotta, 4H. You got to take it back. Take back the night. Start oh, I'm marching. I'm very content with things meandering. I'm not. Um, it's true. You know that we were on that Doug Benson movie mm-hmm. one together where I got thirteen. I was offered thirteen names. Yeah. Of a 16 name movie. And the movie, I believe, was The Royal Tenenbaums. And I picked, uh, something about Mary. And. <laughs> oh yeah, people you, were outraged. I was, I was humiliated. If I cared. Uh, <laughs> turns out I don't. <laughs> so it didn't really. But then you got like negative two names and came up with the name of the movie just from the description. Oh yeah, that was one. Of, yeah, I hardly ever win at that game, but that was one where I, I stormed. Nailed it. it. Yeah, that was. Out that of control. Was a surprising one. Yeah, that was a that was fun. Do you, do you have do you do games on on the Dork Forest? I don't have any games. I had a um. There is one. Oh, I feel like uh this this week's episode that just came out today with Diva Zappa. Mm-hmm. I offered somebody a free Dork Forest hooded sweatshirt if they could find uh, a digitized video of my first television appearance. Ooh, <laughs> which uh I really hope nobody finds because <laughs> I'm wearing my brother's suit ju- jacket. So it's way too big. So I have to nice. roll the sleeves up. Oh yeah, that was a, a good look. look. That's a, a good look. Hello, nineteen ninety four. Especially if it had shoulder pads in it. Well, and he has bigger shoulders than me, so it looked like shoulder pads. <laughs> and I'm wearing a bodysuit with a giant cleavage. <laughs> I look like the biggest maroon. I look like an ultra maroon. <laughs> I have to find this now. Right. Well, free hooded for you. Free hoodie. If you, if John Biner's comedy on the road, nineteen ninety four, ninety five, something like that. Wow, sweet. Best of luck out there. <laughs> okay, St- still stands. Okay, so. um Really impressive. What was your first TV? Premium Blend, Comedy Central. Was it the one with the giant hamburger on the stage, or what was yours? Uh, it was a pretty mellow backdrop, as far as I recall. It was Damon Wayans. Okay, host. I had Jim Brewer, hmm. who was buzzing zzz, like he might have been doing something that makes yeah. people buzz. Not in show business, probably not, and probably not Jim Brewer. Come on, nah. two thousand nineteen ninety nine yeah. or whatever that was. Yeah, he's a mellow guy. Yeah, he's just he's not wiggly or shouty or nah, anything. He just likes hanging out. <laughs> Damon Wayans as well. Yeah, they went he was the- actually very nice. And, was he? Yeah, people. Anyone backstage that wanted to like. Get a picture or say hello. He was totally cool with that. It's like allowing anyone to come back and say hi and stuff. I didn't really partake. I like him, but I, I 
You're not collecting uh, photographs of yourself to no. to keep track of the aging process. No, I wish um, I had more 4H photos for sure. Yeah? I'm sure there are some around. I mean, I did you get ribbons and stuff? Oh yeah, I was dominant as a horse judge. Like the first time I went, our our club had just started because our neighbor across the street had just sort of said, I think she was like homeschooling her children at the time. I was like, this is embarrassing if my kids are the only two in this club okay. and we need like a minimum to start it. So my sister and I were like, all right, we'll start. And then we went to this first contest. We knew nothing that the tack judging thing I was telling you about where you yeah. mark down what it are, what it is. My sister <laughs> This is so terrible, and I don't know where she picked it up. I don't remember my parents ever saying this, but on a saddle, there's a front part called the pommel, right? and there are different tree types, which means like the tree is what is a piece of wood, but it's a different shape. So all different saddles you see, especially Western style, are built on a wooden tree. Certain pommels are more A-framed. They just kind of go down and hug the horse's withers. Others, okay. like um, have a, like a bowman tree, I think it's called, have wider sort of... More rounded? Nodes, if you will. Yeah, they're more rounded to hold hold you in a little better. Okay. And if you have an old, like an A-fork frame and you want to hold it, have it hold you in better, you can buy these things that are external that you screw on called swells. Okay. So they're called saddle swells. Okay. However, when they're, because they're external, when you take them off the saddle, they do look like sort of like not the most ideal looking breasts. <laughs> And somewhere along They're the line. They're booby looking, but not good? Not good. Yeah, very like um linear and just sort of Like mild. squashed boobs? Like flat? Yeah, kind okay. of. Okay. And, uh, and the, the terminology. But still, for some reason, make, make you, people think of boobs. Okay, go ahead. And the, the parlance, if, uh, for if whatever. Can, yes. If we can use that, uh, or the, the slang term for those rather than saddle swells was, I can't, I don't know where my sister heard this. How old was she? She's like eight or nine at this point, <laughs> writing this down on a piece of paper. <laughs> she writes down squat tits. No joke. <laughs> we were all just like, hello and welcome to Reno. Yeah, Reno, very, Nevada. Such a Reno thing. Of, it feels, it feels rural. Mm-hmm. It feels Western. <laughs> it feels cowboy-y, uh, in a very searcher's kind of way. <laughs> Searchers. Ah, oh, so terrible. That's unfortunate. Did she get busted or did they just she go? Did, she mm. scored very low. And then right. our 4-H teacher was like, all right, we, we didn't know any of this going in. We didn't even know what the contest was going to involve. We <laughs> thought it was just sort of like you point. I think of that same contest we had shown up and there was a component of it called judging. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about horses other than like, that one's pretty. Right. Yeah, that one. You're supposed to know look all at this the confirmation stuff. Yeah. And horses have... Like anything, you can name, I probably know more names of horse anatomy than I do of human. Of different parts? Like, like just, you just said withers and you, I mean, those yeah. are all, I know that because I've read all of Louis Lemoore's works. That's how, I was a <laughs> bit of a horse nerd when I was a kid. I liked a horse book, I'm not going to lie. So you would go from like the muzzle and then up into the forehead, there's the pole and then the hair in the front, it's called the forelock. The okay. ears, obviously. Then, so the pole is in between the ears? Uh-huh. Okay, it's, like it's the sort top of a of the bone? Head. It's like a bone on top of kind the Kind of, yeah. Okay. And then that would move back along the neck. You don't want too long of a neck. You don't want too pencily of a neck. If okay. you castrate a horse too late, it can be a little swollen in the neck. See, that would be something in judging. You'd say, like, this horse looked to be a little bit thick in the neck or wouldn't have enough flexibility. Because uh, you need them to be flexible? Yeah, yeah. You need them. You want their head to bend around nicely and, and be real live and agile. Okay. And then you move into the withers and down through their back and then up to the... Are the, the withers like the shoulders? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, like when a horse is sway-backed? Yeah. That's like in the horse. It's just they get older and gravity just pulls their back down. Mm-hmm. So, But you also want withers there, which means like sometimes their back will just go from where their their shoulder is essentially straight back to their butt. You don't right. want that because then your saddle's just going to roll around like you're right. on a you barrel. Can't. Yeah. So you do, <laughs> That does want, not look comfortable at no, all. No. Yeah. You want that... You want a little bit of wither there to just be able to sit and ride it. And then it's just on and on. Back, you, you have the, the rump and then through the croup, back down into the gasket and all these different components. What the hell's a croup and a gasket? Is that so the butt? So the croup would be like from the top of the butt down to like kind of where the tail comes out. Okay. You don't want that too long. There's sort of some like the thinking. Sh- like the shelf of the butt kind of thing? Kind of, yeah. Okay. All right. And so you want that kind of rounded. And then so from the, from, to the point of the shoulder from the withers, you don't want that too steep. 
Okay. So to a certain degree, you want that a smooth line. You don't want it too horizontal. The croup also you don't want either. So almost in a way, a horse is kind of built on like a trapezoid frame. Okay. You don't want it up under itself too much. So sometimes their tail will be like way under them. You don't want their tail riding up high and out. These are okay. just quarter horses. Yeah. Anyway, this is all things you might mention in judging a horse. Okay. I line up for my first one. I'm just prepared to say like, that one's kind of sway back. That one's not. That one's fair. Yeah. You're judging like four horses. People just walk them around. Yep. And then you make these notes. And this kid in front of me who's younger than me goes, what'd you think? And I go, uh, I had him three, one, two, four. And he goes, ugh. Boy, I must be way off. I had him pretty much the exact opposite. I go, oh, why? He goes, well, the number three, the one that you chose as your first place horse, was really cowhocked. I don't even know what that term is. Right. What it ends up meaning is the back. If you look at a horse from behind, you want the the legs, the back legs, to come down pretty straight. If they're cowhocked, it means they're sort of like uh, splay footed. Okay. And they're they're hocks. You know what the hock yeah. is? Like, um, is that sort of the ankle? Uh, higher up. It was like the reverse knee kind of. Okay. So it's that. The, the hocks would almost be touching on a cow hocked horse. Okay. So bend. when they run, they, they don't run right. They don't. No, they'll, they'll paddle out and away from themselves as opposed okay. to straight forward. Which is what you want in a horse. You want, yeah, you want everything going forward nicely. Right. And, uh, so, so I, and now I know that cow hawk is a term. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I'm, so I go up, you have to talk to a judge. There's an adult sitting in a chair and goes, hi. And then we learned this later on. I didn't know any of this right. at the time. Because you were what, 10? Six? Yeah, I was like 10 or 11. Okay. So I was not prepared. And I just went up and was like, hello. You're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to just go, hello, judge. I'd like to present to you my <laughs> findings. I have judged the following horses in this way. Three, one, two, four. Number three I chose as my overall top choice and on and on and on. Right. So I just went up and said, yeah, I think, uh, I think that the second horse was pretty good. Not very cowhawked, which I like. And then the fourth <laughs> horse really cowhawked. <laughs> so I just only had that one term that I knew. Right. That'll. And I did not win. No. But then cut from my sister saying squat tits yep. and me doing that. So like by the end, there's this thing called quiz bowl, which is literally like jeopardy for four age geeks. Okay. And there was this, Nevada has, I think 17 counties. Right. This, I think Grant County. Yeah. Um, that might be wrong. It might be Pershing County had this streak in quiz bowl where they'd never been beaten. And they were all these weird, like, I just sort of, they look like they were from a fundamentalist Mormon cult kind of group, long okay. dresses, very not making eye contact kind of looks. Like um, a team. Like, like a team, yeah. <laughs> like they had been built from the ground up. Like they had been, yeah, <laughs> genetically raised. Like we've, look what we've raised here. We're gonna, we're gonna create a team that's gonna know what a cowhawk is. Let's do this. <laughs> Weird. And they would make no eye contact. They just, what is 14 years? Correct. And they were just dominant. Wow. So we study nonstop and we, we still lost. They're so good, but mm-hmm. we, but <laughs> we gave them a run for their money. Like we really, I think it went into like overtime against them. We were pretty good. Right. And then I, I got pretty good at like judging horses to where this lady was like retiring and she stopped me at a show and she goes, Hey, I wish I had video of your describing your results. I told my, my 4-H troop about it. I think you did a really good job. That's the biggest my ego's ever been in my life. It just felt like just a, the best pat on the back ever. It really did. And yeah. how old were you when that happened? Like 14, I would, 15? Yeah, or? like 13 or 14. Yeah. Where 4-H was getting really not cool. You shouldn't have pubes and do 4-H. Just, <laughs> they're like, no, stop playing with lambs and cows and horses. Oddly, though, I don't think I did have pubes. A bit of a late bloomer. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, Fun fact, American public. <laughs> so I was sort of grandfathered in where I could stay there. And it, like the jat- the jacket was kind of satin it hurt to take it off for the last time like well 4-h jacket i don't i don't think we'll be hanging out anymore you still have i have to i have to i don't know where it is i'm sure my mom has it somewhere right right it's probably in mothball somewhere being kept kept for your children (laughs) for your grandchildren one day it's you know my nephew just became a an eagle scout Um, equally yeah like that that's a tough one where you at least the eagle gets you hey nice job Every point up until then, like, you're still in the Boy Scouts? Right. Right. The Eagle Scout, quite honestly, I, I mean, I'm told that it's supposed to do something for his resume. Like, yeah. it's like one of these things, like, you went to Harvard? I went to Harvard. You can have this job. <laughs> you were an Eagle Scout? I was an Eagle Scout, which just means you're a giant fucking nerd. Yeah. And, and he's just, a, but doesn't it, too, I'll bet if you pulled most people, like, if, do you think an Eagle Scout would have a good handshake? They'd be like, oh, of course. Um, good haircut, good handshake, 
good at good at life. You know, he's a good, and he's a really good kid. You know, he's just he's a smart kid. He's you know he's seventeen, so he's sullen, and because uh, there's nothing you can do about that. There's something about a man child who's seventeen that makes them want to be very quiet because what they will say is mm-hmm. just full of rage. So they've I think the better part of <laughs> Valor sports or anything. He plays. Uh, he's he's a monster with the in the gym. He's a oh, okay. giant freaking gym rat too. Because my brother is just he's essentially he's making his sons do everything that he wasn't a allowed oh, to terrible. do. Or oh. so like anything they're interested in nominally. They're like, hey, I want to learn how to pitch. My brother, who has more money than God, <laughs> is just like, well, I'm going to hire an ex Milwaukee Brewer to mm-hmm. teach you how to pitch. Yeah, and they're like. Yeah, but I'm not any good at it. I yeah. mean, it's not like this is gonna, I'm gonna be a shot put guy. I'm gonna get a guy who almost made the Olympics. <laughs> and you're like, don't, don't. Well, I'm vaguely interested in singing. We're gonna have voice classes. You're doing voice. And there's like, no, I'm actually not interested in singing. He's like, but I want you to have voice classes. You're having them anyway. So they have all these classes and all this stuff, but uh-huh. they never leave the house because they are children now. Right. And so they are playing, you know, MM, you know, they're just World of Warcraft and Halo and they're just yeah. in their, in their world playing Minecraft and. Ah, oh, that sucks. Yeah, I know. And get out. Yeah, which get is out why he stuff. has to make them leave. Yeah. You know, he's like, I will drive you, but you are going to exercise and, and get a life. Cities make more sense from a sustainability standpoint mm-hmm. to, to grow up as opposed to out. But the childhood that you can get building forts and being able to race around out into the woods is yeah. so great. It's invaluable. I genuinely, I mean, I, and I grew up in a small factory town, Mm -hmm. but I'm the youngest of Mm -hmm. six. So my parents, by the time I was eight (laughs) or nine, they're like, get out, get out, come back at dinner. And yeah, we don't care where you've been. I hope it all works out for you. Go follow the bus. And thus it was born. Right. And I walked other people's dogs because I I didn't have a dog. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would get to know the neighbors. I was like, do you need anybody to walk your dog? And they're like, yes, yes, we do. Please take our dog for the longest of all walks. And uh, so I would take this this dog until the dog finally was like, we're not going to the lakefront, which was like three miles away. She was fine when she was a puppy and, and like a middle-aged dog. But by the time she was like a 14-year-old black lab, she's like, don't be ridiculous, Jackie. We're going to the park and then I'm coming back home. It was almost like the dog was talking to me. We were like... I love, cause I, I was a huge fan of, I mean, we didn't have any, we didn't have any animals, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I have, my stepmother had a, an uncle who had a cow farm, or like a dairy farm. That's what they're called. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> one of those cow farms. One of those cow farms. It's, <laughs> one of the, the other day I was trying to remember, um, and I can't remember the campers, you know, the campers that you drive. And I was like, I couldn't remember the word camper. So I said, what are those U-Hauls that have bunks in them? What is one of those things? And sometimes they have like a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and a U-Haul's not even a thing. That's a company. Right, that's the company. <laughs> but you know what they call them in the army? They call them clues or chews. Containerized living units or ah. containerized housing units. So, but I, I loved, I mean, I read all of the, these dog books. I read all these horse books. I li- And so I, I, knew, I know all the words for horses and dogs and stuff like that. <laughs> I but know I, all the words. I know the words. I'm psyched. I'm always psyched when there's a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I would... But I remember the first time I rode a horse and I was like, God, these things stink. This is not uh, yeah. comfortable at all. Well, next time you're around a horse, if you get a chance, smell right behind their nostril. No, what? Yeah, it's it's great. I don't know what it is. It's one of those like freak of nature things, but it's a really pleasant smell. If you if I go like the nose of a horse, mm-hmm. the muzzle of a horse, yeah. get right behind its nostril. Like you're looking at it, it's perpendicular to you. Mm-hmm. So it's looking to your left. And then there's its its nostril. It's yeah. big pulsating, pulsating nostril. <laughs> Just get right behind it. And, if, and the hair there is really smooth and soft. So you can rub that a little bit. It's nice. And then just give it a sniff and you will not be disappointed. I feel like I'm being set up for I something. I promise you. No, no, promise no. Yeah, it's okay. one of those weird things like being nerdy horse kids. We One night we went out and did that a lot. It was one of those weird things like my <laughs> uncle showed my cousin and I, and I think he was even kind of embarrassed. Like, <laughs> this is a weird thing you're going to find with horses. <laughs> I'm a man, of course. Let's not forget that. <laughs> but here is a smell that is just delightful. 
And so we smelled that. And then, <laughs> then my cousin and I took to like, we'd go do that every now and again, especially, in you know, like, out just in the desert. Day. Yeah. Just like, it's fun to be around horses at night, you know, cause they're, they're kind of, they can see you and you can see them, but especially when it's real dark, it's just kind of fun to, one night we were doing that and, and it was a big corral and I climbed up, the horse came over to the fence. We were just hanging out at the fence and I jumped on this horse's back. Oh, I'd known a lot. I grew up with him. Yeah. But he was in, I didn't know him when he was with his homies, you know? No, oh, right, And right. so they all took off. They just shot off toward the other end of the corral, which is probably like maybe 75 yards. And okay. they're just flying and it's dark and all this dust is coming up. I can't see anything and I'm just bareback. Right. There's a part of me that's like, ah, I feel like an Indian. This is <laughs> <Yeah>. great. <laughs> and, uh, and then I was also, I'd never really been able to ride horses bareback very well. And I was staying on like, this right. is also great. Right. <laughs> and then I remembered there's a fence right ahead Oops. and all this dust, this horse may not know it's there. And and if he does, what horses do is they'll just dart one way or the other right when they get to the fence. Right. And then you will slide. <laughs> and I'll <laughs> continue. <laughs> I'll become part of that fence. <laughs> and so I make this decision, like I'm just bailing off. And so I really, without thinking about it, just swung my leg over and and just sort of floated. I just free fell for a little bit. And the next thing I knew, I was on my feet, just running the opposite direction of the horse. You landed on your feet? I landed on my feet and just ran out of it. It was so strange. That is that is an amazing tale. Yeah. So that now belongs. anytime things fall out of a cupboard unexpectedly and hit me on the head, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, right. I had that one. And that made <laughs> right, Nice probably. recovery. The good. <laughs> I once, I was riding a bike once in, in Madison, Wisconsin on State Street, and I was riding no-handed. And the bike, I hit something, and the and the wheel just went sli- sideways, right? Mm-hmm. And I jumped off the bike and landed uh, nice. on my feet, and the bike slid. And there was a, like, hipster kid. We're talking <laughs> hipster guy, 1985. <laughs> and he just... Uh, Night vision shirt. <laughs> right. He was just like, he was Duran Duran. Something was <laughs> happening. And, uh, and he goes... Nice recovery. Nice recovery. And he kept walking. Oh, sweet. And I felt it was a, it was a sense of accomplishment. I was going to say. You need that stranger congratulation. You really do. Any sort of affirmation from just a complete and utter. When it breaks someone out of their day and they go, Hey, awesome. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. My, okay. So the most romantic thing my dad, according to my stepmother, the most romantic thing my father ever did was that when they first started dating, he got her horseback riding lessons. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so they would go horseback riding mm-hmm. in Milwaukee and like, I don't know where, but, uh, but she's, and it was one of the, she's, but she said one of the, my father, who's a bit of a showboater, <laughs> he used to jump, he used to jump on the horse over the back of the horse. Oh the yeah. Saddle. That's pretty fun. Have you done that? Yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine and I, we, uh, we're working for a ranch and we were up in the mountains. Just, we'd gotten up there ahead of the foreman. You know, it sounds dumb. I just, right. our boss. Right. And we're just kind of like having to just, we'd done a couple laps in cattle like sheep. We'll kind of just hang out when you let them. We're in this right. sort of basin. So we have like 200 head of cows that we've settled. They're just hanging out. A lot of them are just laying down. Right. And then we're just waiting there. And after a while, you know, you like stand on your saddle and do tricks and, <laughs> and you're bored. Pretty, yeah. Just so bored and like playing, you know, rope games like with our, Lassoes. No one calls them a lasso. <laughs> so we're playing like they rope call games. Them lassoes? No, everyone just calls them ropes. Like, oh, do you rope? Enough. Grab your rope. Like okay. there's and um, right, right. and and then this calf came over, which I don't think it ever happened before. You know, cattle are typically afraid of humans, and this little dude came over and was like, "Hey, what's up?" And it was just <laughs> like we're petting him. He's licking our hands and stuff. It was yeah. so strange. And then he wandered off, and then we started the uh, "Hey, have you ever like you run up?" Mm-hmm. And there's a fear there, like. Are horses going to be okay with this? Mm-hmm. And typically horses look back once and then sort of like, oh, ah, you're on my back real quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second time there's like, ah, do what you want. <laughs> so it was really fun. You just, you have, the key is you just, you run, you've got to get speed. You're going to need right, that. Right, because they're tall horses. They're, they're tall. They're taller than you think you can leap. Yeah. So even if you're like, oh, I'm a good leaper, you can't really get a good leap off of one foot. Yeah. And even if you do, the key is to get high enough so that you can push with your hands and sort of pommel like gymnastics style. Yeah. But you, if you just pommel, you'll just go straight up and land on their butt. Yeah. So that's why you need to run pretty fast. You need that horizontal speed. The forward momentum. The, the momentum. And then, then you pommel up and boom, then you're right there. And you're right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, uh, she was like, yeah, your dad is so full of shit. He would do it all the time and it looked really cool. Mm-hmm. Except the last time he did it, he got his foot stuck in the, uh, 
in the in the stirrup, uh-huh. and the horse dragged him around the corral, and he now has two pins in his ankle. Ugh, yeah, that's yeah, not just, great. He just he got his foot just stuck in that in that stirrup, and he just. Oh, that's horrible. It looked great, though. Looked good. Looked good until it didn't. (laughs) That's scary. I think uh, there was a saddle bronc rider named Casey Tibbs. I think he got seriously hurt doing that, getting a foot caught in the... Like, the the old thing is, like, if you get bucked off, you want to go... You want to go face forward. You want to go stomach down. If you go out backwards, that's when your foot comes up. You'll typically go off one side... Now your foot is acting like a hook inside that stirrup. Yeah. And then it wedges against Ooh. the back of the horse and you're hanging off the side just helpless. Like a crazy person being yeah. dragged around. Would and you- that's why like boots are open generally because they want the boot to slide off. So it's like a, a safety mechanism as well. Like now people wear a lot of lace up boots, which are dangerous because if that happens, I always wear like tennis shoes and stuff. I, was, right. I wasn't too concerned with getting that to happen to me, but that that's like, Part of the, you know, the, high heels so your, your foot doesn't heel. slide through. Okay. And then high on the side for snake bites when you get off. Okay. And then open at the top so that if you do get hung up, your boot will slide off and you'll be fine. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. That's why they're, they're wider at the, t- at the calf. Yeah. So that the boot will just slide off you and then you are no longer wearing a boot. I get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I had, I had to actually go through that process. <laughs> what's, uh, what, what, what's the, what's the course of your, uh, your 4-H now? Are you, you, you still judging horses? <laughs> I would love to. When I started, did I, have I told you I used to shoe horses? No! Put shoes on horses? Yeah. A lot of people think I say shooting when I say that. And I, that'd be an indus- interesting industry. Uh, th- that's a different, uh... I'll come out and murder your horse. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like glue? How can I be of some service? But I, yeah, when I was in college, I was working at this Italian restaurant and making no money. And then I was... Where'd you go to school? Colorado State. Okay. Maybe Ram and real ag school, you know, like out there in the prairie. And I, I just put an ad in the paper and started shoeing horses and because I'd done it, you know, with my own horses growing up and, and through like different ranches I worked on and stuff. So like 4-H really helps there. Cause you just did, by knowing the four anatomy. 4-H you learn how to, did, for, did someone in 4-H teach you how to shoe horses? No, my dad did. Okay. Um, and, and really he's, he's okay at it, but he like, I interned with guys later after I'd already started, like after I was out of college, I was just like doing day work. I go with these guys that would help me, but generally like if you put, (laughs) and then the phone rang again (laughs) and then that damn phone, you know, it's really fun when I'm editing because I turn around from my computer to answer the phone. (laughs) That's completely insane. One moment, please. No problem. So the, uh, the basics of shoeing horses are just from like a um, confirmation standpoint, which in horses, like a confirmation is how they're built. The straight legs I mentioned, the not being cowhocked. Right. If you wear a horse, like say in the front foot, the which to us would be the tibia and fibia is really in the horse's front leg called the cannon bone. Okay. It's pretty important. Uh, bone in a horse's structure, like they can be bowed out or they can be, they can make their feet turn out, be a little splayed outward. Right. Horses can have all these weird things in their front feet, but mostly, ideally, their feet are facing forward. There's kind of like a 45 degree pitch in their pastern, which is kind of the hoof to cannon bone okay. joint. Okay. And then the ankle is really called like the fetlock. Okay. So the fetlock angle down to the hoof should be like 45. Mm -hmm. And if you set something vertical, like uh, a stick or a ruler at the back of the horse's foot where it touches the ground, it should, if it's vertical, run straight up the cannon bone. Okay. So most of the hoof is out in front of it. So just being able to describe that when you're, when you're a kid and just shoeing horses and kind of getting by with like a little bit of bullshit, but also like, I know what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. but I don't know what I'm doing as much as I probably should. Right. Like I would always just tell people like, if this horse needs anything specific, I'm not your guy, but if it just needs flat shoes, I can do that. So So you just take a nail and pound it into, what is happening? I mean, now, now I feel like I could do. I, I could work on special cases for horses, but, but then I, I was mostly like, you trim the, 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 so there, imagine your finger, if your fingernail grew around the edge of your finger by about 75%. So okay. there's just a little opening at the bottom there. Okay. The same way that, and the rest would fill in with just kind of dead matter. So you scoop that dead matter out and now you just have a line of, keratin or you know just this nail product okay then you you use giant size clippers and right you like a fingernail clipper just clip all that off right and then you have a file which is called a rasp 
mm-hmm. and you rasp that down so it's smooth. And then later I got into hot shoeing where you'd like heat it in a forge and set it on the hoof. Yeah. And then, then you see where it burns. You know exactly what is a high or low point on the hoof. Yeah. Cause like, Oh, it's not burned there. That point is low. So you go over and file and rasp it down again. Yeah. So you get it nice and level. Yeah. And then, so you have the, the shape of the shoe fitting this horse's hoof. Okay. You have nails that are naturally, or the, the way that they're designed is they're beveled up at one edge. So anything you drive them into, they're going to sort of Drift away from. Okay. So meaning that if you drive it into a horse's foot, you make the bevel so it wants to bend out and head out. Into the nail. And outside of the nail. Okay. Like, um, like yeah, you're, you're sending it in from the bottom of their hoof like this, and yeah. a horse's hoof wall is sort of at an incline. Yeah. So if you just nailed straight down through that, just by virtue of the hoof wall being at an incline, it'll, yeah. it'll pop out. Oh, okay. But because it's beveled, it pops out even more. Then you just, you clip that off. You just actually snip, you end, you end the nail. You, you can you, do it a you, bunch of different ways. Okay. Like the way I would do it is just take my hammer and just sort of peel it back and then you spin it off with the claw of the hammer. Okay. And then you, basically what you're doing is you're creating little hooks that hook into the horse's hoof. And you're see, what you're seeing, like when you, like now I'm so sensitive to seeing horses on television and movies. I'm always just looking like, how'd they shoot that horse? <laughs> 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 That's a dorky thing. That's awesome. So, like, yeah. especially if they're riding a wild horse, and then you know, I see that it's shod. I'm like, right. you sons of bitches! <laughs> this is supposed to be a Mustang. He's got shoes on. Don't you do this to me? And uh, but you yeah. just see about, these... don't you do that to the horse? Because <laughs> you don't don't you shoe the horse for a reason? Like, isn't the it's it's two parts? It's domesticated horses no longer. I mean, mustangs out in the wild have the best feet you could ever get on a horse because oh yeah yeah they're perfect. They because they're running all the time. They're always sloughing off the dead matter and the sole, like the inside of their foot is always being, you know, pounded on. So it's getting hardened. Okay. So their feet are this natural combination of hardening and, and getting rid of the weaker part. It's a good herd mentality. What's happening in their feet basically is right. like they're getting stronger all the time. And the native and Americans would ride those Mustangs, right? Totally. Yeah. Okay. I mean, when we pinned them, pinned horses up and put them in a corral, their feet had time to just grow, especially on soft soil. And right. Stuff. But if, in the course of a Mustang's day, you know, it's, it's going over rocks, it's heading out for water, it's trying to find food, it's moving. The, At the, all times. So, yeah. It, so it's like when I didn't wear shoes when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Your feet get calloused and, and then they can go on anything almost. And then when you burrowed with your toenails into stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You never yeah. had to clip them. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's how a horse's feet ideally would be. And we, we had a Mustang when I was a kid. We'd gotten from the BLM. You could get What's BLM? Bureau of Land Management. They ah. go out and they get all these prairie horses that are mm-hmm, incestuous mm-hmm. And, and a nuisance, and they bring them in, and then they'd sell them off for. I think we got one for like one hundred and fifty dollars. Right, but they're they're wild. They're not. You know, he was tough. Yeah, really. to, yeah, it took a while to break him, but he was a good dude. And, right, and for. For a long time, his feet stayed where he didn't have to mess with them. Okay. But, but over time, you just like, you feed them enough and they don't move. You're going to eventually have to, to clip them up. <laughs> right, right. Um, so yeah, that, that's when you see like, or just like the nails in the feet, it should mm-hmm. be, you know, you just see these three little shining dots, sometimes four. Mm-hmm. Those are just the nails peeking out at you. So they have gone from the shoe up through the hoof and then out. And then they're just sort of hooked back down into the hoof. Right. So that, that's all that's going on there. That's how it holds it in. I thought a good invention would be for like women that like to have long fingernails. Yeah. Like this little metal strip that rides down the length of the nail. And then it's in almost the like, yeah, down the middle. But then it would also, you could bend it like foil around the end. Mm-hmm. So it would be like, it would be sort of providing support in two directions. If that makes any sense. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Rather than just have it go around that thin edge, like where your actual nail is. Yeah. There'd also be a part that went up the nail. So like if you, if you. Oh, you mean for like down. to add false nails to people's nails? Yeah. Okay. You could You're give them like, like it, little bits of metal. You glue it to the end of the nail that you already have. There would be some sort of sport structure. Yeah. Like. Some sort of um, little tiny scaffolding, and <laughs> yeah. they could be yeah. built around you each. You got finger. little workers there painting away and <laughs> tacking it up, little spot welding. And nobody, no, and you can't get any work done because you're going to have the longest, most beautiful nails in the world, True. and then you'll be on an episode of the Doctor Who. And you can press them hard down into stuff, and they won't break, <laughs> and they won't which break. Is the goal. Mm-hmm. So I'm, uh, 
I don't know why I criticize that guy for putting so much work into the accordion. Because yeah. I really want to devote my life to fake to nails. To creating fake nails. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. David Huntsberger, it has been an hour. Okay. And we're just we're starting right. to really... fly right by. It did. And we're just sort of getting into the... <laughs> the fact that you fucking can chew a horse is amazing. Uh, can you, can you also... Talent. Can you Can you shave a sheep? Do you know how to do that? I've seen, I mean, if you just have electric clippers, of course, that's not tough. But right. I've seen them sheared with the actual old timey, like Basque country, uh, like, yeah, like it's, scissors. It's like a scissor, but it, it's connected at the back. It's almost like a spring action. Okay. They're not, you're, you grab it around the edge of the apparatus as opposed to like putting your fingers through holes and scissors. Okay. And is, does it more bite them off than, it's just, than scissor them off? No, I think it's scissors. Okay. But the, 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 I think it's, it's sort of sprung so that it always wants to open back up. So when you grab it, you're sh- sh- oh, okay. shearing like that. Yeah, I yeah. think that's, I've seen them done that way and they, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I, I wouldn't say that done. I could do that. No. Right. Right. It seems. I think I'm allergic to wool. So that wouldn't be funny. <laughs> The thing about I got my reasons. You got your, all these animals. You know, I mean, the 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 biggest part is when you think about working with all of these large farm animals. You're like, that's an animal. Mm-hmm. That's that's an animal. I'm going to have to wrestle to get this saddle on it, to get yeah. this bit in its mouth, <laughs> to get this sh- wool off its back. To but I think that's the best part. Like as, at least with animals, or at least with me. Like when you, mm-hmm. you're you're you learn a lot of weird stuff about how to be patient and like. Yeah. If you're, it, there's some good steps there with how to get something to trust you and like you have to be trustworthy and. Right. But they, yeah, horses or just all animals, I think in general, like will come around. They're like, all right, this, this guy's okay. This guy's all right. He's yeah. not gonna, he's not gonna, it'll, it'll be over in a minute. What he's about, uh, your iguana? Do you have to trip, trim his nails at all ever? Andy tells me you're supposed to. <laughs> and, uh, so to my knowledge, that means that Andy's not doing it. <laughs> so I, see. That'll be tough. I don't do it. I have one scratch where he accidentally scratched me. Mm-hmm. See that, that scar right there. That's right there. The <laughs> tiniest, wound. the tiniest of all scars. <laughs> and, uh, but he's, uh, but he has actually, um, he occasionally has male rage, mm-hmm. our iguana, and that's what they call it, iguana male rage. And the the thing is, is you can tell it's happening, much mm-hmm. like with men. Uh, you're like, oh, oh, he's having some trouble with the, uh, with, with, with the, with the pump at the gas station. <laughs> Get out of the way. And, or whatever. But, um, but with Tiberius, he, he, he he's, he's, his mouth opens and he starts to sort of charge at you, mm-hmm. but he's a tiny lizard mind in that giant three and a half foot body. So you could pretty much get out of the way. <laughs> he doesn't move that fast, but he's charging at you with ill intentions. Yes. He has charged at me mouth open. And then I put the shovel in front of my foot and he gets to the shovel and he's like, well, thank God she's gone. <laughs> Cause he's not a bright animal. <laughs> so why own him? Oh, cause it's so rare. I mean, oh, I I've known him, I guess, 10 years and once and, and one. Oh, the bite, the attacking is so yeah. rare. I thought you meant just having an iguana. <laughs> like, it's oh, so no. rare. It's so rare to have an iguana. <laughs> no, and, and I did not choose to have an iguana. Oh, I have asked you've embraced Andy. it. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. He's, and he's a cool animal and he's, he can be very Looks sweet. Looks amazing. Yeah. Makes you want to take out a sketch pad and draw his face. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's, he's a gorgeous, he's a gorgeous animal. And, um, but I, I, I have always wanted a dog and Andy has always had dogs and he said, yeah, that, that'd be great. You wouldn't have a dog. You would be on the road and I would have a dog. <laughs> so I've had a dog and I don't want one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's not. He has embraced all of the feral cats in our neighborhood, though. He's named them. He continues to, he has set up a little st- stick and string over out on our front porch so <laughs> he can they play with them. Feral? He's trying to tame them all. He's trying <laughs> to tame them and he's doing what he can. So <laughs> I am allergic to cats. So I like a feral cat because then I can just feed it mm-hmm. as is my want. I love to feed something. Sure. And then, uh, but it, it doesn't want to be pet and I don't want to pet it because I'm allergic to it. Perfect dynamic. That's a perfect dynamic. David Huntsberger, again, a super treat. Thank, Thank you very much. Thanks for Love being on. in this dork forest. It's awesome. DavidHuntsberger.com at Huntsberger Junk. Yes. On Twitter. Follow. See the comedy.
know the magic. New CD coming out too. Do you? Yeah, uh, April 16th. April, that's when this will drop, right around then. What's hey, it called? Great. It's called Explosion Land. Explosion Land. Yeah. I, I'm thinking about calling my new, Steve Mandel came up with a, a great name for my next album, which would be, uh, this would make an excellent Horcrux, <laughs> which is a Harry Potter joke that's possibly too obscure. Even though millions of people read that book. All right, I'm weeding off. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, Rangers. Bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?